Welcome to the Soybean Pod, brought to you by South Dakota soybean farmers and their checkoff. I'm Tom Stever, discussing the incredible soybean, the people who grow it, and why that crop is so important. This past year was the 40th since the South Dakota Soybean Association came to be. Many of those who founded the organization and made it thrive are still around and active today. There was guidance, however, from Dave Drennan of St. Louis, who's retired now from a career in commodity group management. At that time, South Dakota growers were trying to form a state soybean organization. Dave was an American Soybean Association staff member responsible for regional management in several states, including South Dakota. I joined ASA right out of college in 1975, but when ASA moved to St. Louis to set up their new world headquarters in 78, it was a few years after that, but there was an effort when I became regional manager in 1980. South Dakota was not organized. There was support to do that, and it was my responsibility. I was traveling um, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, and then later South Dakota. And so that's how I got involved with organizing the South Dakota Soybean Association. Was this begun because of farmer interest or was it more ASA interest in gaining a new state? I would say probably it was a little of both from my memory, Tom. It's a little bleak now, 40 years later, but it had to be both. And, you know, with any organization, it starts with its members, the people at the grassroots level. And I may have come into South Dakota not knowing any growers right off the get-go, but it didn't take long to find really some fine leaders. All right, let's talk about that. What do you recall about the process of getting South Dakota involved? Well, I think uh, somehow I met Jerry Schmitz, and I'm not sure Jerry probably can fill that in, but I met Jerry Schmitz. I remember being at a Curry seed meeting in Elk Point. And uh, ironically, Bill Curry was in college at Iowa State when I was there, and we knew each other through Alpha Zeta Ag Fraternity. So it was kind of ironic that uh, I'm at a Curry seed meeting, and I see Bill Curry, who I'd not seen since college. But anyway, I uh, got acquainted with Jerry. Also at that meeting was Mark Berg, and then it was just a matter of, of building it from there. That's the first time I I recall a meeting in South Dakota. What did you gauge from that moment, from that meeting in Elk Point? What did you gauge about interest in South Dakota soybean, or did you have to talk them into it? Not really. You know, in the early 80s, soybeans were still a relatively new crop, not only in South Dakota, but particularly Nebraska and Kansas. And then the the advent of narrow-roll soybeans was just starting to come on. And so everybody was wanting to know more information about that, what chemicals to use, what seed, what row width, et cetera, et cetera. So the farmer interest was real strong right from the get-go, but the enthusiasm of Jerry and Mark really was exciting. And also the support from the various ag chem and uh, seed reps. You know, I mentioned Joel Deckers with BASF, Doug Rosenthal with MoBay. Big Roy with Monsanto, and there were a lot of others. But their, of course, interest and support was integral in getting this off the ground. But it all started with the farmers. So you mentioned Jerry and Mark Berg. Who do you most remember among people involved? 
Well, those two, Lewis Bainbridge was on that first board. On the soybean side, those were three. And of course, as, as you well know, Tom, I years later, I was in South Dakota again to organize the State Corn Growers Association. When I switched from ASA to uh, the National Corn Growers Association and traveled up there and, and met several different set of folks, but same territory, same counties and, and meetings and stuff. But Jerry and Mark and Lewis, oh, and, and Ron Hefty. Ron Hefty, uh, with his ag chem business there around outside Sioux Falls, was the vice president. Jerry was the first president. And Ron was also the, uh, as I recall, the first national director on the ASA board. And actually, when South Dakota was affiliated with ASA, we were at a convention in Minneapolis, and Ron Hefty and his wife uh, were on stage and accepted the uh, the plaque from ASA when South Dakota became an official affiliated state group. Of course, it takes a lot of work, as you well know, to get a state organization going. Tell me what it took. What does it take for a staff member such as yourself to get this over the top? Well, my template to organize new states was what I found to be successful was trying to pull together all the agri-industry folks, the chemical reps, the seed reps, grain elevators, handlers, and getting those folks in a meeting to lay out about what the possibilities were, the university folks, but the allied industry working in partnership with the grower leadership is paramount. And so in South Dakota, to pull those reps together, they helped to draw the districts the way we divide up the state because they knew the natural trade areas and counties that work together and you know how they all fit. And actually, the as I recall, the soybean districts later also were the same for the corn growers. But then identifying folks, today we would call them centers of influence, but those reps know who the leaders are in those areas, identifying them. And then I had those reps go and ask the respective farmers that they nominated to serve on that first board where we had areas that we needed to identify somebody. And I found that if several reps travel in the same area, mention the same name or two, then you can pretty well guarantee that those folks are the leaders in that area and are good farmers and highly respected and, and have leadership qualities. Starting out new, it's always exciting with something brand new. But just the timing, like I said, in the early 80s with the whole advent of the soybean industry really starting to explode. I mean, I look today and I can't believe how many soybeans are produced in South Dakota. It's incredible compared to what it was like there in uh, 82. But the industry people were so instrumental. You know, we would hold meetings in every district, grower meetings, either on our own or we would tie in with other scheduled meetings extension or company had already to get the word out, to make everybody realize that anybody could join. They were more than welcome. You know, and then we might have had a couple more districts. We still had to identify a potential board member and those helped surface those people too. Folks that want to get involved were given that opportunity. Give me the timeline of what it was between when the South Dakota Soybean Association was founded and then the founding of a state checkoff. When did that take place? Tom, uh, I don't know if it, South Dakota had a state checkoff before they went national. 
or not. I don't recall that. As we organized new affiliated states, as they grew and grew their membership and their leaders got more experienced and involved, then eventually that was our hope that they would launch a checkoff effort and be successful so that they had their own funds to do promotion and research activities and market development activities and host trade teams and and things like that. I would bet that South Dakota probably had their own state checkoff before the national one was put in, but that's just a guess on my part. I traveled up there. I mean, I was regional manager from May of 80 till July of 83. Then I moved on to uh, soybeans in Illinois for a year before I went to the National Corn Growers Association. So kind of lost contact with the guys after uh, 83. But you seem to remember them well, David. One thing I want to uh, reminisce with you about is our meeting. What do you recollect about us crossing paths and interviewing you occasionally about the founding of South Dakota Soybean? Well, I think as we visit offline, I think Jerry Schmitz probably introduced us, either that or I worked through uh, the National Association of Farm Broadcasters to identify all the farm broadcasters that were in my four-state area. Of course, you were involved in Donna Schmidt in Sioux Falls and Gene Williams with WNAX and Yankton, as I recall, were the main three that I worked with. And again, you're a source of influence, recognition in all the states I've ever traveled. The NAFB folks are just head and shoulder above knowing everybody and, and being connected. And, and of course, you know, I got to mention the My good friend, Lynn Kettleson with uh, Linder Farm Network in Minnesota. He and I are fellow Iowa State grads and and known Lynn since college. But I would guess probably Jerry said, hey, you need to get a hold of Tom. Either that or through NAFB, I found you. How important is it to have these farmer connections as well as seedmen and uh, ag chem representatives? Well, it's a partnership. Sure, the uh, industry folks are trying to sell their products and reach farmers. It was instrumental that I had the opportunity through ASA to work through their national headquarters to identify who the local reps were that uh, had South Dakota as their territory. And I'm sure at the time, Joel Deckers with BSF and Doug Rosenthal with Bobay probably had the whole state of South Dakota. But those reps were very close with each other because they crossed paths at meetings and conferences. And, you know, I can remember the, the first soybean conference was at the Ram Coda there in Sioux Falls, you know, which forever and ever has been the agricultural meeting spot for statewide conferences that I'm aware of. I'm sure we were, we were there and, and, you know, had a trade show with these reps. But I can't emphasize enough the farmer leadership, just how important that is and and them recruiting their neighbors. You know, the number one reason people say they don't belong is they've never been asked. And I don't care if it's soybeans, corn growers, Kiwanis Club, Lions Club, heart fund effort. You got to ask. People have got to ask. And it may take several times. I mean, I've had lots of experiences where farmers had said they asked neighbors to join and And then maybe something trips years later and they finally do. 
But again, the excitement of starting something new, a new state association, we hit the ground running up there. We had success because of the leadership that we identified, and they were able to carry that on and move towards things they wanted to do. I also remind states that every state has two senators. Just made that pitch to the uh, National Corn Growers here just a few years ago, because when you look at the Corn Growers organization, once you get west of Nebraska and the Dakotas, they have no affiliated state organizations. And I challenge them that, as far as I'm concerned, to be a national organization, every state ought to be represented. And with every state having two senators, sometimes state senators might split on votes. Not very often, maybe, but sometimes. So if I have an organization in, let's say, New Jersey, and I can get their two senators to support something that we all in the Midwest support, then I maybe have canceled out a couple negative votes for whatever reason in the Midwest with some folks in another state that really isn't known for row crop production. But I guarantee you, in every state, there's somebody raising corn. In most cases, somebody also raising soybeans. And it's just a matter of finding those people and identifying them. Anyway, I don't want to regress, but there's there's similarities here. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that everybody should be welcome to develop that legislative clout to get those votes in Congress. We need a constituency to reach them. And that's why it's important to have a state organization is to be able to reach those congressmen with what our policy are, the message from back home. And I can't emphasize enough the involvement of people on the ground supporting their organization. David, I wonder if you could give us a memory, an outstanding memory that you have from the founding of South Dakota Soybean in 1982. Well, again, it's, I guess it's when Jerry Schmitz introduced me to Mark Berg, because back then in the early 80s, I didn't know Mark. Jerry, again, you know, appearances can fool people. And Jerry forewarned me that uh, Mark's appearance at the time, he had long hair and a beard. And Jerry knew him from, I think, state FFA days. Or, oh, I remember Mark was president of the state JC's organization. That's what it was. And uh, Mark walked into that Curry Seed meeting in Elk Point. And I, I got to tell you, Tom, I wouldn't have gone up to Mark and asked him if he raised soybeans and wanted to be on the board. But Jerry said, hey, Mark's a great guy. He knows a lot of people. He's past president of state JCs. We need to get him involved. And so we did. Mark agreed and involved. And then I would say the other one would be Ron Hefty. At the time, uh, Ron with his ag chem business there outside Sioux Falls, all the uh, industry reps knew Ron. A lot of them were working with him on different projects on the farm. Ron was identified as one of those centers of influence that if we could get Ron Hefty involved, the State Soybean Association would really achieve more credibility and really hum, really get off the ground in a good way. And so uh, I don't know if it was myself or who all approached Ron, but he agreed to serve on the board. And so kudos again for people stepping forward when they were asked to serve, because to start out a new organization, it does take a lot of effort. You're working to hold meetings and to build the membership and to develop the, the networking on legislative issues, a huge undertaking. 
just like taking over a new piece of ground, you got to get your feet wet. You got to figure out what you got and how to make it better. And a lot of similarities to farming and, and setting up organizations, a lot of similarities. And uh, we were just extremely fortunate that I had the folks that stepped forward in South Dakota to get us off the ground and to establish a firm organization. So when you look back on it, I'm sure that you were pointing out a lot of the advantages that farmers would have to belong to an organization like the South Dakota Soybean Association. Looking back on it, are you satisfied and pleased with how things have turned out and how this has been an advantage, a benefit to farmers? Oh, extremely, Tom. It's hard to believe South Dakota is such a major soybean producer now, 40 years later. I guarantee you that the state organization getting started has had a lot to do with that. By providing the legislative voice on soybean issues, working with the other ag groups in the state and nationally, and then through their checkoff, hosting trade teams, doing promotional work here and abroad, developing those markets to absorb that production increase. I still continue to follow very closely the developments in markets and world markets and the situation. I own farmland in Northwest Iowa, so I have close ties there, but uh, lots of challenges. So I'm extremely proud. It's just hard to believe it's been 40 years. (laughs) Is there anything that you'd like to add, Dave, that I may have left out? One of the themes we had for soybeans, when I first started working for ASA, we called it the gold that grows. The gold that grows. And today, there's so many more uses for soybeans that we didn't, weren't even thinking of. Most of the time I worked for ASA, it was common knowledge that about half the crop was exported. So that's why it was so important to get a checkoff passed was to promote, continue to promote those export markets. Now, today, we're talking about biodiesel. We're talking about plastics. Just so many new uses for both soybeans and corn that didn't exist in the early 80s, weren't even thought of. You know, I was just telling somebody the other day that when I worked for the corn growers, I traveled with an old briefcase I had from college full of samples of these various products. And soybeans, you could do the same thing today that didn't even exist in the 80s. But again, not without our challenges. We're very dependent on China. It'll be interesting to see what President Biden finds in his visits with the Chinese premier. But maintaining that that huge export market to China is so important to us. And maintaining a domestic livestock industry. You know, I returned to South Dakota a few years ago, attended the Dairy Expo in Sioux Falls a couple times when I was also working for the dairy folks here in Missouri and enjoyed that Sioux Falls meeting. But maintaining that livestock industry, South Dakota has been one of those places dairy has relocated from West Coast to South Dakota. Plaudits, kudos to all the folks that have been involved in making that happen, which develops a more local market for soybean meal in South Dakota. It all ties together. It all needs to work together. But we have to be continually vigilant for folks that don't understand agriculture that are in positions to make decisions on regulating agriculture. 
I've swiped several sayings from farmers over the years. And one I remember is you'd be surprised how many people want to do things for you that you don't want done. Again, that's why you got a state soybean association. We continue to need to educate the decision makers at the local level, state level, and national level. How important soybeans are to South Dakota, to the country, and to the future of farming. Excuse me, and bringing back our young people and giving them the opportunity. That's what I would say. I'm sure Jerry had a lot to do with it, and I'm glad somebody was thinking about the history because I am a firm believer that history repeats itself. Firm believer. I've seen it over and over again. And I just hope we don't revisit too many mistakes <laughs> that we've made in our uh, in our past and uh, continue to provide for a brighter future. Dave Drennan's later career included directing the Missouri Dairy Association. His home is in suburban St. Louis. The Soybean Pod is brought to you by South Dakota Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and at sdsoybean.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Stever.